love, love um, young people. I love wake. I, I, my life got radically changed when I was a teenager. And I know that, oh, the piano? Yes. I was like, bump into this. And I know what um, young people, when your heart is captured by the fire of God, there's nothing that can stop you to follow after him. So I love being here. I love Wake. I know you guys are like um, the strength of our church. Maybe you don't come to Encounter Church, but I feel like you guys make us, help us run faster and with energy. And I so appreciate that. And so I know now why God put such a strong word in my heart tonight for you guys. And the Lord gave me this word like three weeks ago. And, you know, sometimes the Lord gave me a revelation. And this was very specific. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm going to share it here. Or, and I had an opportunity to share it here. But I just felt like I was like, no, that, that's not for the Spanish service that I was um, sharing. No, that's not for a Sunday. And I felt that this word was for wake for this ministry. And it is, it is a word that um, I'm going to try my best to communicate what the Lord has um, told me. That's put in my heart. And it is a strong word. But I know why. I know why he wants to tell you this. Because as I was worshiping with, with you tonight, you guys, revival is here for you. You really are going to create the wake. And the time is now. The time for revival is now. So you need to go after your campus. You need to go. You need to go after the high schools. You need to go because revival is here. And this year, you're going to see the revival. And you're going to really see the wake that you've been praying and labor for years. It's now and it's here. Do you believe it? God wants to use you today. He wants you to understand that your purpose is to advance the kingdom of God, but your purpose is revival. Because if there's no power of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing. Because it is a fire of God that helps us be on fire for Him. You know, that helps us overcome. So this is it. This is it. This is the time. So the word that I have for you, it's a warning. Because I feel like the Lord wants to give you so much. And, and, and you can look around and say, how can we make such an impact? I even know that people will tell stories about the group in Kenesa that believe God. About the group in Kenesa that decided to create the wake. People will tell stories about how brave you were and how you went to the streets to carry the fire of God. And how you went to the campuses and how you went to the high schools. And you're going to make history. And if you look around and says we're not much, it does not matter because Gideon, it was just 300, and they conquer thousands and thousands of people. God has no issue with the number. God, what, what, what God needs is a heart that's willing. And you have said yes already, and it's going to be powerful. Hey, some of you don't believe it, but turn to the person next to you and say, this is a year. We're going to see revival. We're going to see the harvest. It's going to be powerful. Okay, so uh, today I'm going to be sharing a story. And my sermon is called Learn a Lot from Lot. Huh? <laughs> hey, that was my creativity, you know. 
Lot. And you're like, who's Lot? Well, you're going to hear about him. And probably if you, how many of you are reading the Bible with us? The one year? Woo! Okay, you already read about him. You know, we, you already read about him. But if you're like, what is she talking about? You're going to learn this story. And it's kind of like a story that, you know, normally I don't pay attention. Like, I read it and it's like, oh, okay, you know, the salt lady and all of that. And I knew that since Bible school, right? <laughs> it's like, don't turn back. And like, <laughs> and so I remember that. But, but hey, when I was reading it this time, the Lord was like, go back to Lot. Go back. And I'm like, what, what's there about Lot? besides the salt lady, but then the Lord showed me this, and, and this is what we're going to study. Are you guys ready? Are you guys awake? Hey, elbow the person next to you because, hey, listen, I am a, a, a mom that's tired, and I already caffeinated myself, like, more than I should have to have energy, so don't fall asleep on me. Don't fall asleep, okay? Hey, so whatever you need to do, if you need to sit on the floor, whatever, also smile, you know, it's kind of intimidating. After, I was like, maybe they don't know I'm almost 40, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, really. Um, okay, so we're going to learn a lot from Lot. So are you guys ready to learn what God is saying? We're gonna, our story, man, I don't know if I should ruin it right now or should I wait just to ruin itself, but... This is kind of like, have you ever seen a movie that you thought it was going to be good, but it sucked big time? Well, this is the kind of story we're going to read. <laughs> it has a sad ending. We were watching this movie, Hunter and I. Oh, it was horrible. And like, at the end, it's like, I fell asleep. And Hunter is like, well, it, it never, they never found the alien, whatever. So that's kind of the story. So we're going to, the, the story of Lot starts with Abraham. Okay. So we're going to go to Genesis 12, 1 through 5. Now, we're going to read. So, okay, I know, just, just you know, you do your effort, pull out your Bible. We have to read this so you understand what I'm talking about. And again, no one's falling asleep on me. And, and if you are, I might point at you and say, hey, someone needs to check Joe because he's, like, closing his eyes. I also, I also was a teacher, so I'm not afraid of waking up people. Okay, well, okay, so Genesis 12, 1 through 5, the call of Abram. This is where the story of Lot begins. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Say contempt. We're going to learn a lot about contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. And Lot, say Lot, went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people, had, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran. And headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived at Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up a camp beside the Oak of Moreh. At that time, this, the area was inhabit, inhabited by um, Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp into the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. 
There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stations toward the Negev. So this is it. Abram gets this call from God. He gets the word. He gets, this is what I want to do. I want you to do this, and Abram did. And he took his household, and Lot, that was his nephew, and he didn't have parents. I feel like Lot heard, you know, I mean, this is the first time that God speaks, you know, in, in a while, like, this is what I'm about, about to do. I'm going to make a great nation from you, and, and I'm going to use you. And Abram obeys, and I feel like Lot was like, I am coming with you. I heard what God says. I know, so I'm coming with you. And it's so cool because it's in that area, people worship in trees to the idols and stuff like that. And it was the first time in ever in the history of that area that he built an altar to the Lord, to God. God Almighty. And Lot was there seeing all this. I'm thinking, man, what a pioneer. The first time I see something worshiping the through God, making an altar, it's just like, wow, you know, mind-blowing for Lot. So let me start by saying that spiritual leaders are a blessing. And, and, and it is a huge blessing to be under a spiritual father. Lot was blessed to partner with the blessing and to live under such a pioneer of faith and worship. To do what has not been done before. To bring revival where revival has not been sin. To bring salvation where we have not seen salvations. To do something that's never done before. And here it is, going under the blessing, under, under the covering of Abraham. To have a spiritual covering is a good thing. To have a spiritual father and a mother and leaders in your life is a good thing. To be under a blessing is a good thing. It's not a bad thing, right? I want to be under a blessing. That's a good thing. To follow a man and a woman of God is a good thing. Because we will never lead unless we learn to follow. And I'm going to explain more what it means to be under the covering. But I want you to be thinking and saying, yes, it is a good thing. Can you say, it is a good thing. <laughs> to have covering, it is a good thing. Okay, so are we ready for a plot twist? Elbow the person next to you and say, are you ready for the plot twist? <laughs> Genesis 13, 5 through 11. Are you ready to read the Bible? Okay, Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. So he became rich. He became blessed. Why do you think he became so blessed? Because what did God say to Abram? You know, everyone in your household, I'm going to bless everyone under you. All the families of the earth will be blessed. So he starts getting blessed. Uh-oh. But what happened? The land could not support both Abraham and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes, say disputes, broke out between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. At that time, the Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. So a finally Abraham said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. Abraham says, the whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. Uh-oh. 
If you want the land to the left, I'll take the one to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, I'll go to the left. So Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Soar. The whole area was well, well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, beautiful land like Egypt. So he looked, he looked and said, what would be the best for me? What looks good for me? What does it look? Oh, that looks amazing. It has water and it's green and it's beautiful. I'm going there. I looked. So Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them, and he went uh, there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abraham. Now, if you know the land that he chose, he chose Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? That's what happened. So I'm reading, and I'm reading this, and this is what the Lord is showing me. Lot forgot why he left with Abraham in the first place. He forgot why he decided to follow Abraham. Why they left the land of Ur. <laughs> they left that land, and it was far, far away and so different to come to a new land that they didn't know. And I feel that he forgot about the promise and he disregarded the promise to Abraham. And what the Lord showed me is that what I see here is that I feel like Lot, and maybe this is going to sound like some of us, okay? So, no, I'm just saying. I think he started thinking, I am as blessed as Abraham. We can stand in the same place. I know as much as he does. I have as many gifts that he has. I have as many talents. I have my own household. I have my own man. This is too small for both of us, and I don't have to be following you anymore. Have you ever thought, like, why do I have to submit to that person? I am better at speaking than that person. I am better than planning. I work harder. What was that? I work harder than this, than this person. I'm smarter. So Lot decided according to what he saw, what he thought, and what he felt, instead of according to what God had already said. God had already said to Abram what he was going to do, and he got to be part of it, but he forgot all about it. And I said, but this is how I feel. This is how I feel. I am feeling like this is what I should do because this looks beautiful. Because this looks better, and this looks easier, and this looks more joyful. And, and we see Abraham being a good spiritual father. He just pick whatever you want to. Pick whatever, and I'll go the other way. The land was promised to Abraham anyway. You know, he was confident and said, hey, I have nothing. Nothing to lose here. You pick whatever you want to. Oh, it's a storm. Um, and this is what, where I want to talk about contempt. Because it says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Because I feel like contempt is a problem that we have in our culture. And it's a problem that we have in our churches. 
So let's see what contempt is. The feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless or deserving scorn. Disregard for something that should be taken into account. In other words, like similar words, are disdain, disrespect, and disregard. And we operate in contempt so much and it's so dangerous. And that's why I'm here to warn you. Because God wants to use you very powerfully. He has a plan for your life and he has a purpose. But if we allow contempt in our lives, you know, we're going to be in danger. We're going to be in trouble. Because how many of us, our leader, uh, our spiritual father and mother are telling us, I don't think you should date this person. But we disregard it. Because it looks better to me. Because you don't see what I see and you don't feel like what I feel. But there is a reason. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like, the door just opened. <laughs> okay, that's to make sure you stay awake. <laughs> but anyways, I feel like we, we are so quick. We are so quick to disregard what spiritual leaders, pastors, spiritual mothers and fathers tells us. We, th more than ever before, there's such a lack of respect and there's such a lack of dishonor in this generation and including me. It's so easy to say, no, I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you, so I'm going to do whatever. And we forgot that the God appointed leaders. The people are anointed to do a specific job. Just for the record, we don't chose the job we got. We got appointed by God. And us, like Abraham, we're going to have to leave a lot behind to do by faith what the Lord has called us to do. I mean, this is my experience. I don't know if you've met other people, but... But I see it, you know, I've been in the church for so long. And I see very sadly that, that people don't value the, the leading and the direction and the warnings. And we just have so much contempt and we just disregard it. So, the consequences of disregarding Abraham... Disregarding fathering and mothering in Lot's life is going to start happening. Are you ready to know what happened to him? Genesis 14, 11 through 12. So he went to Sodom and Gomorrah. And there was this war amongst the groups of people living there. And it says the victorious invaders then plundered Sodom and Gomorrah and headed for home, taking with them all the spoils of war and the food supplies. They also captured Lot, Abram's nephew who lived in Sodom and carried off everything. Say everything. He owned. So the first thing we're going to learn, we're going to learn three things very quickly. Number one is contempt leads to captivity. It says, everything, they capture everything. The enemy does not play fair, and he sure does not play games with your soul. He's all, he's after all of who you are. Your and my, our contemptuous decisions, when we just regard, will get us bound, and will keep us bound. 
when I became a Christian and the Holy Spirit touched my life, my life changed forever. And I keep walking into greater freedom, into greater freedom, into greater freedom, and he was setting me free. But I never remained bound, bound. I go to church, but I'm still bound to addictions. I serve the Lord, but I'm still bound to people. I serve and I do everything, but I'm still bound to my relationships, to my addictions. That is not God's plan for our lives. But I feel like as a church, as our culture, we have embraced contempt, and it's so easy to disregard that we ended up being captive. And guess who rescued Lot? Genesis 14, 14 through 16. It says, when Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized 300, 318 trained men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued, blah, 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 until he caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked during the night. And this guy's army fled. But Abram chased them as far as Hobab, north of Damascus. Abram recovered all of the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and all the captives. So Abram had authority from God against the enemy. What happened to the big household of Lot? What happened to his Fruit and his gifting that could not keep him out of captivity and who he couldn't even fight for himself. But it was Abram, the one that had the promise, the one that was anointed by God, that with 300 went and got everyone and here you are. Who keeps coming? Who, who continues to come to your rescue all the time? What are the people around you that are always calling you when you're deep down in depression? When you're doubting? When you're discouraged? If you don't get rescued by anyone, maybe you're not under any leadership. And you need to find yourself a spiritual father or a spiritual mother in your life. But people want to be rescued when it's convenient. I want you as my leader to be with me and rescue me when I'm depressed. But don't tell me I cannot date this creeper because I like him. You should have been with me when I got, um, they kicked me out of my job and they fired me. You want to be rescued when it's convenient, but when they're told you, you need to stop watching while you're watching and you need to put some security things and we need accountability, that's too much. That's too much. You're crossing the line. And we allow contempt. Th this is not the pathway to freedom. I'm here to tell you it's not. You're going to be captive you, because there's no way that the power of God cannot set us free in an instant. But we need guidance. Okay, it gets better. Are you ready? Are you still awake? Okay, elbow the person next to you and say, we're almost done. She's almost done. So number one was, um, what was number one? Contempt leads to captivity. So then we are in Genesis 14, and then, woo, things happen to Abraham. 
You know, he's getting all these promises. Is it Abraham perfect? No. He lies about his wife and all these things, but he's, he's moving towards, right? So there's no leader that's perfect. There's not spiritual father or mother that are, per- that are, that are perfect. There's no leadership in a church that's perfect, but, but they should be moving towards a promise and taking steps towards obedience, right? So here's the thing. In Genesis 18, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to read it because we're not going to, but you can open it, open it in your Bibles, you see, God, like, meets with Abraham, right? And then he's like, should I hide my plans for my friend? How cool is that? And he tells him, hey, just so you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm done. They're perverted. That land is so deep into darkness and sin that I'm going to destroy it. But I'm but I want to tell you because I know Lot is there. So then Abraham intercedes for Lot. Remember, if they're 40, we save it. If they're 30, you know, but they were not even 10. They were just Lot halfway there. And so <laughs> have the halfway committed. But the Lord is kind. But this is the deal. Abraham intercedes and Abraham gets revelation. Spiritual mothers and fathers and leaders get more revelation. And it seems like the more I get older into my 40s, the more I feel like I'm warning people all the time. Danger. Danger. That job is not good for you. You know, that, the, the group of friends are not good for you. You're not growing. You, you're sinking. That relationship is not good. The choices that you're making, danger, there's danger. There's danger of losing your soul. God speaks to our spiritual leaders about the future. And spiritual leaders tend to see danger ahead. You need this, we need this. I need this in my life. We need it. We need someone to tell us danger because we are so deceitful. Our heart and my, and your heart and my heart just flash news or news flash. News flash. <laughs> thank you, Becca. Thank you. <laughs> Is deceitful. Lord, look what it looked like, the garden of the Lord. Maybe you're thinking, oh, that boy looks like the garden of the Lord and the land of Egypt. Your heart is deceitful. Maybe that girl looks like the garden of the Lord, but it's danger. Maybe that job, that relationship, that job, that, the way you are prioritizing looks like the garden of the Lord because you're getting all the money of the world, but your relationship with God is going through the drain. Danger. Now, it's all good until your leader starts telling you all these things. And then we are, we have contempt. Does she think she is? She, does, she, doesn't, she doesn't know my, my life. He doesn't know what I'm going through. Okay, so I have a little explanation for you. <laughs> Rebecca, come, come and help me. I'm going to explain, you hold it here, you hold it. I'm going to explain what being under the covering 
of spiritual leaders and fathers means. The umbrella represents the call of God. And when he calls, he provides an anointing for what he called you to do. So put it under you, you know. You had to be under God's calling. You had, you had to be submitted, you know. And to be under the covering is it's a choice that you decide to be under. Willingly come under this covering. It's, it's willingly. So what we do is if we like it, we're here. But hey, danger with that decision. Oh, no. There, this is blessing, curse. Life, darkness. You cannot serve both. If you're serving both, you have captivity somewhere in your life. You're captive. I mean, I've been there. So I choose to. The Lord, your leaders, shouldn't, they never force you. It's, it's a willingness to be humble and submit. This is what Jesus did. He submitted. He chose us by example. But hold on here. Hold on. This is the, the good covering, right? Hey, it's black and white, black and white, how convenient. Um, but this is what the enemy has deceived. Submitting under the covering looks like, sorry. Come, come. So you say, I am not submitting. They're not going to tie me up and do it. No, no, no. This is, this is what the enemy wants you to think. This is the picture that he wants to, good, thank you, Becca. <laughs> Jesus and God, this is not how Jesus and God would behave towards me. He'll never do that. This is not Jesus-like. This is what they actually, the enemy does when you get out of the covering. This is what actually happens. But you've been, your generation has been so deceived that that's why you think to submit it to God is, but you're actually all bound out by the enemy. Okay, let's move on. It's not control people. I, we're not in the business of controlling people. But we can warn you. And your leaders and your discipleship group leaders warn you. And they do warn you. And I mean, I've done it. When they tell me, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. You can like smile, but in your heart you decide that you're not going to obey. Because you don't think it, it's, it's important. And you put yourself under the curse. So what happens next? Ready to finish? <laughs> yes, please. Genesis 19, um, 3 to 8. So Okay, so... It's this, Genesis 19, God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. There's not even enough people to save the entire city. So the Lord in his mercy sent angels, because of Abraham interceded, <laughs> sent angels to, to get Lot out of this city. You know, they come to the, to the town thing, but Lot insisted in, in 19, 3 through 8. But Lot insisted, so at last they, came, they went home with him. So they are there in the square, and they're like, Lot, come, come to my house, come to my house. So they come. So Lot prepared a feast for them. So clueless, right? Abram is interceding. These angels come, and then he's preparing a feast. He's so not spiritual, not seeing anything, what's going to happen. He's not getting it. So he made this feast, verse 4. 
But before they retired for the night, all men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them to us so we can have sex with them. So much perversion. I know. I mean, you need to read the Bible. This is in the Bible. I'm not making up creepy stories. This is it. This man is like, we want to have sex with those men, so bring them out. So Lot step outside to talk to them, shout, um, shutting the door behind him, says, please, my brothers. Wait, what? Now he is relating to these people like family? Like the familiar, familiarity familiar of these people that want to sleep with these angels. And no, my brothers, don't. Let me bring my daughters. They're virgins. You can have them. What in the world with Lot? So twisted. So this is number two. Number one, contempt leads to captivity. And number two, contempt live, leads to perversion. The enemy wants you in a place of perversion. And I'm not just talking about sexual perversion, but that's when I'm going to talk most of it. But just perversion of the truth. And this is what we have in this culture, in this generation. Everyone's truth is the truth. The enemy wants you in a place of perversion. The enemy wants you to think it's okay to stay in fornication. It's okay to try to follow God and sleep with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It's okay to pursue God and be addicted to pornography. It's okay to, to be on fire and serve and be part of a ministry, more like a social club, and, and, stay, and entertain homosexual thoughts. And this is how the enemy is destroying your orphan generation. But that's not God's plan. That's not God's plan for you and for the many people that you're going to reach. Lord being so twisted to the point to giving his daughters. Genesis 19, 15 through 16. At dawn, the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now. And this is what the Lord came and told me. I mean, the Lord told me to tell you, get out right now get out of Sodom and Gomorrah get out of the place of perversion or you will be swept away in the destruction but then Lot still hesitated can you imagine I mean the angels pulling you like get out get out and he's like uh I mean, we read this and we say, Lot must be retarded. You know, that's what I, when I read it. But don't we use confusion as a cop-out to do what we need to do? I am, a, I'm just confused. 
about what the Bible is saying and what I feel in my interpretation. It does not matter what you interpret. It's what the Word of God says, and that's what we do, regardless of how we feel or what we see or what the enemy is putting around us or the circumstances. We obey the Word of God, period. Do not use confusion as a cop-out. Well, I am confused on my relationship. Well, make a decision. Either get married or not. Stop sleeping or keep fornicating. The angel seized his hand in the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city. For the Lord was merciful. The Lord is merciful tonight. And I know this is a hard word. And I know it's strong. But he wants to use you mighty. And he wants to bring revival. But he does not play games. He wants all of who we are. All our surrendering. Because he cannot play with darkness. He cannot, he cannot be with darkness. The last one is... Contempt leads to destruction. Sodom and Gomorrah got, and he said, run, don't look back, stop anywhere in the valley. That's Genesis 19, 7 through 20, and I'm about to finish. So when they were safely out of the city, one of the angels orders, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. So this is a warning I have for awake tonight. Run to a highest place. Run to a higher ground. Because you were not created to be in captivity. You were not created to live perverted. You were not created to die internally. Oh, no, my Lord. Lot begged. You have been so gracious. I mean, the wife already became, I mean, I skipped the part where she became salt. Because he's like, do not look. You know, so he lost his wife. He's running, and the, he's not even obeying the angels. So don't you think, because you're not obedient now when you're young, that you're going to be obedient when you're older. Do not ever think that, hey, no, I'm just going to take it easy on me right now because I'm young. And But when I get married, then I'll stay pure. Uh -uh, it does not work like that. It does not work like that. Don't believe because your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend starts so chaotic that it's going to get better when you get married and sleep together. Uh-uh. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. Finishing. Oh no, my Lord, look back. You've been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown, shown such, gra such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountains. This disaster would catch up to me there, and I will soon die. Again, he's just speaking in his own. He's just choosing for his own. See, there's a small village nearby. Please let me go there. Do you see how small it is? Just let me be there. Just let me be there. So what happens? So terrible. Ready for the worst thing? Like, I mean, we've read disaster after disaster. So they stay there. But then uh, later up, uh, Lot um, flees with the two daughters. And the two daughters have this great idea that we're not ever going to get married. She might as well sleep with our dad and get pregnant of our dad. Isn't that disgusting? 
Contempt leads to destruction. Number three. So now, we must renounce stubbornness and learn to follow, to be teachable, to be humble. The enemy wants your life to be small. That's what the enemy wants, to keep you small, to keep you oppressed, to keep you captive. He wants you in a small village. Oppress, captive, destroy, your legacy destroyed. Your future marriage destroyed, not even a chance. Your future children perverted. I mean, is this what we want? No, this is not what we want. The legacy of Lot was enemies of God. The daughters became pregnant. One of them gave gave birth to a son, and that became a nation that was the Moabites. The other daughter, um, the son became a nation known, known as the Ammonites. And both of them were enemies of Israel in history. But you want to hear about the legacy of Abraham? Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, us. We get to be blessed by Abraham when we receive Jesus in our heart and we become part of the family of God. And under the covering. So I want to finish with this verse. Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. Says, my son, be guided by your father's God-given commandment, instruction. And do not reject the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart, in your thoughts. And tie them around your neck. When you walk about they, the godly teachings of your parents, will guide you. And I'm speaking about leaders and spiritual parents here. When you sleep, they will keep watch over you. And when you awake, ooh, wake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching of the law is light. And reproofs, which are rebukes for discipline, are the way of life. I get warnings all the time. I get redirected, but I have learned to come under the covering. And when in my heart there's contempt, I renounce to it. Because I don't want to live my walk with Jesus bound and in captivity. Because that's not what the Bible says I should walk. It is time to learn how to become a daughter and a son in the kingdom of God. It's time for you to learn how to become a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God. So here's, if we just want to stand up. So the first call that I want to do I'm going to say some things and everybody can come at the end if you feel like the Lord is speaking to you. But the first one is maybe you're not in the kingdom of God. Maybe you are not in the kingdom of God and you need to come into the kingdom of light. Into his kingdom. And you're being under the curse until the enemy is done with you, whatever he has wanted. And you're in a place of brokenness and you're in a place of you don't even know 
where God is, but tonight you can come to the kingdom. You're welcome to come to the kingdom. But I feel what God wants to do tonight is that God wants us to repent for entertaining contempt. Because I don't feel like we all want to be contemptuous, you know, by choice. Like, I'm just going to go against, you know. I don't feel like that. But we entertain it. And very subtle, we disregard the word of God, what our leader is, what God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying. And in the New Testament, it says, do not treat the Holy Spirit with contempt. Do not disregard what the Holy Spirit says. So I feel like God wants us to humble and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for allowing this in my heart. And when we repent and when we say, I'm sorry, you know what he wants to do? God wants to restore you as a daughter and a son and to set you free from an orphan, defensive spirit. Because some of us have very crappy families growing up that instead of feeling like our family was a covering to us, raising us, protecting us, blessing us, we were hurt so deeply. And the concept of having a father that is good is so far that we live like orphans, defensive. Like, why is she loving me? Why does she want to speak into my life? Why does she care? And all of this time is God's trying to bring covering over you. Let me bless you. Let me restore you. Let me show you my plans. And God wants to bring healing and deliverance for your life. When we renounce the contempt, he wants to set you free from any addiction, from any cycle, from any relationship, from any struggle, from any perversion, from any addiction to pornography, from any uh, homosexual thoughts. And he can. Because you can, you can choose to come under the blessing. That's why... We have discipleship group leaders. That's why we do what we do. Because we want to see people be set free. We're not in the business of controlling people. We're in the business of seeing the kingdom of God come. And people being set free and healed and restored. So I want to invite us to humble. And I want to invite us to come to the altar and just humble ourselves. And renounce to contempt and say, show me, show me. And then we're going to pray for you to restore you as a son and a daughter and to set you free. So come on, let's come. Let's come and kneel before his presence. When you come under the covering, there's healing. There's blessing. I pray that you will hear the voice of your father. God does not want to abuse you. God wants to set you free.